Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Romans chapter 13 as you're turning there uh, next Sunday here it is right now upon us it is Mother's Day uh, next Sunday is Mother's Day and we will uh, at this time with all the knowledge that we have will be coming to you live amen from here amen for Mother's Day and so at least I guess mothers will still yet uh, if you have children at home will be surrounded by those immediate ones if you don't if you're a grandmother uh, we're uh, feeling with you for the separation that you may have from your children. Amen. But, uh, of course, we want all of them to know that they are still loved. And we're thankful for the role that a mother plays within the life of children and generations. Amen. So that will be next Sunday. <clears throat> the Apostolic Crusaders nationally are still having things on Fridays, uh, along with other uh moments and times of training and, and training for teaching home Bible studies again all of that can be found on their Facebook page and so uh, uh, just be just be aware aware of that we're going to read from Romans chapter 13 and also before I go there our volunteer of the month for the month of May and, 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 and you understand that my, my pool is kind of short right now because I'm not around a lot of other people. But so our volunteer of the month right now is going to be Zach McGee. Zach McGee. We, raw, raw for Zach McGee. We're so thankful for him. And uh, really, if I could give two, it would have been to Zach and Malin. But if, if, if he parks in that parking spot, she might benefit. I don't know. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, we're so happy for them. They have... Uh, learned and done some things over the past few months kind of in a quick moment uh, with the live stream and maintaining that as music and stuff is going on and and then brother Zach had went to a, a night shift at his work due to the time right now as well so uh, continuing with all of that and and still yet trying to uh, keep some things there for that age group that they are over and they, they had done earlier in the month last month and such so we're thankful uh, for them and their faithfulness to the house of God. Amen. Through all of this. Hallelujah. Per our request, of course, they came. Uh, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I said we were thankful for his faithfulness through all of this. Like anybody else that's not here isn't faithful. Okay. That's not that's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, I'm just saying they, they, they accepted the request to come and help us with the live stream during this time. Romans chapter number 13. I was about ready to get a bunch of, you know, angry faces online. I just didn't want to, you know, trying to avoid that at all costs. <clears throat> I know that they'll come, but nonetheless. Romans 13 and verse 1. And I want to preface this today. Our lesson today, and the church family, you know this. Many times when there's series, it seems like lessons intercept or crossroad with something that may all may be going on in life at a time but I started I started a lesson however many you know a series several weeks ago this this one here's I think it's probably been going around 15 weeks somewhere around there all right and so whenever this morning's lesson is about your pastors and leaders it also in the beginning touches a little bit on 
leaders meaning just in real life government and so i know there are a lot of a lot of uh, i don't want to say heated opinions but very forthright and strong opinions right now on both sides of the fence uh concerning what's going on in our world all right so uh i'm not going to try to linger there heavily and i'm not trying to stir up a pot by no means okay uh, again this was started 15 weeks ago <laughs> and it just hope, so happens to land right here so i'm gonna i'm gonna do this with the word of the lord and as diplomatically as as possible this, this morning romans 13 verse 1 pastor only has to say that three times before he starts to read it let every soul be subject unto the higher powers for there is no power but of god the powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For thus, for this cause pay ye tribute also. For they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their duties, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Now again, our main thrust for this lesson is uh, the pastors and leadership of a church. But we cannot really talk about that whenever this whole thing is a discipleship series of taking someone uh, from darkness to light, receiving the Holy Ghost, maturing in the things of God without talking about uh, governmental reverence. Because many people that's come to know the Lord may be lacked in giving respect to people of authority. All right. And, uh, and so it's important then to also set that foundation as well when we're talking about uh, new believers, old believers. <laughs> Uh, nonetheless and so we're going to talk about pastors and leaders and we'll start a little bit here concerning government leadership as well let's pray today father i love you i pray oh god we need your hand upon us today and give me lord jesus god i pray oh lord uh, respectable and ample lord jesus words to be able to convey lord the word of the lord this morning god i pray oh jesus touch our minds today Help us, O oh Lord, today, God, to be who and what, God, we need to be in this generation and age, God, in the society that we are living in. God, help us, O oh Lord, to be the church of the living God, growing, Lord, and maturing, Lord, into your image and your likeness. In the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen. And everybody say amen. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning in Jesus' Jesus' name. Amen. And again, so, so in part, this is vitally important uh, because as believers or new believers come a part of the body of Christ, we'll look at just a little bit later. Of course, Christ is the head, but the church is the body. There's perhaps 
nothing any more important to God uh, than the welfare of his the welfare of his church. Uh, for that matter, is the only thing according to Scripture uh, that we have recorded that Christ ever purchased. That was his church, and he gave his blood for it. Uh, the Bible says in Acts 20 and verse 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Paul is speaking, of course, uh, to the, the elders of Ephesus, the elders, the leadership of Ephesus that they needed to be mindful of themselves and to their flock because the Lord had purchased this grouping of people with his blood. And so this is very dear and nigh the heart of God. And so with that being said, God has ordained, God has ordained uh, a leadership and ministry in and throughout the church whose purpose is to help guide, to help direct, to be as spoken in the Old Testament scripture, a watchman on the wall that can sound the, wa the warning and the alarm whenever it needs sounded. And so that's very important. Uh, the Bible even tells us in the book of Jeremiah chapter number 3 and verse number 15, the Lord said, he said, I will give you pastors, which is literally interpreted shepherds. We know uh, many times in God's words, there, God's word, there is that, that parallel or that likeness of pastors being shepherds he said I will give you pastors or shepherds according God said to my heart according to mine heart which shall feed you with knowledge and with understanding which are a few of the responsibilities of the leadership and uh, of the pastoral leadership of the church but with all of that uh, the scripture tells us in Romans 13 that that all authority all authority at all the different levels of our human life and even church life for that matter. All of that is allowed by God, permissible by God, or ordained of God. In other words, there is no authority that comes except it comes from God. Uh, he delegates it uh, unto individuals. And here is the, uh, um, the, the, the real means and the crux of our understanding here. He delegates it to individuals, but they still have a will to use it in one direction or another, whether it be for good or whether it be uh, for evil. But nonetheless, God makes appointments. I believe in Jeremiah it talks about how he raises up and he pulls down. Right, He establishes kingdoms and pulls them down. He even raises up men and brings them down. And so all authority is given by God. He has set them and ordained them and given purpose to them. Uh, and I think it's important. And we're, we're, this is, we're not going to go into anarchy. Uh, and that is not uh, something that God would necessarily underscore or support. God, I think we can, 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 can uh, pull from his word that he is a God of order. He is a God of order and he is arranged order. We start in the very first book of Genesis and we see a God of order that is arranging order. Amen. From the darkness and the chaos, if you will, of nothingness and brings order into our society, our universe, our galaxy. And he is a God of order. And so creation reveals that. And so uh, when we see Romans chapter number 13, uh, 
we must understand the context and the setting in which this is set. If you look at Romans chapter number 12, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the Romans uh, much about good. He's talking to them much about evil. Good and evil is a primary focus throughout Romans chapter number 12. And then we have Romans chapter number 13 talking about the governing bodies and the leadership that kind of keeps um, um, the good and the evil in its rightful place and how uh, there is consequences for the evil. And uh, if you side with good, then uh, you're going to have a clear conscience and you're not going to have to worry about wrath. And there's another though topic that's being spoken of through Romans 12 and 13 and even after. And it is the topic of love and in this we really understand that what is being relayed to us even in scripture and I think this is good not just in this portion of scripture but all scripture is that there is nothing wrong with being disagreeable but you can be disagreeable in a spirit of love and I pause for effect you can be disagreeable with a spirit of love while exercising love all along the while amen and so uh, the bible even tells us if, if we would consider romans chapter 12 and verse number 18 uh, the scripture is speaking to us here talking about how we are to recompense no man for evil and and uh, provide things honest in the sight of all men and it tells us then in verse 18 if it be possible if it be possible as much as lieth in you live peaceably with all men, if it be possible, and as much as lieth within you. And so uh, we need to take great measures uh, within our ability to live peaceable uh, with all men, uh, within the church, without the church, with the governing bodies and powers that be, that much lieth within us to live peaceably uh, with, with these individuals. The Apostle Paul clearly, he expected he expected believers to teach and he expected believers to obey uh, the civic government in which they found themselves. He tells us in Titus 3 and 1, the Apostle Paul speaking to Titus. Again, remember, Titus was uh, left at Crete. He was over the Cretans. I think we looked at this a few weeks ago, how they were known to be the liars and the evil beasts, the slow bellies, if you will. And so Paul left Titus there to help those at Crete. And he, he wanted Titus to set all things in order at Crete. He wanted him to ordain elders, which would be uh, people in the church of leadership. He wanted them to ordain them. And even the criteria of a bishop is mentioned in the book of Titus. To be blameless, the husband of one wife, those things. All right, leadership. But he says this in Titus 3 and 1. He says, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers to obey magistrates. All right. And so we're talking then about the leadership of the civic government of their time. Amen. Not just for those at Crete to be in subjection or uh, uh, mindful of the, 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 the magistrates, but also uh, the bishops and the elders of the religious society of the church. Likewise, uh, to be in uh, mindful and obedient to 
the magistrates. As a matter of fact, the only time that we have in Scripture, and there is Scriptures for it, let me pause and tell you, if you want a very, very lengthy uh, lesson on all of this, you can find us on podcasts, and uh, we, I have an act series there that's like 57 lessons alone, and part number 13 is all about civil disobedience, okay? And so you can go there and look that up. But nonetheless, the only time that we're instructed to obey or disobey, rather instructions and laws and such, and commands of civil authorities is when obeying them would contradict the principles of God's word. All right. And let's consider some of those in scripture just real quickly. If, if, if we can here this morning uh, in Exodus chapter number one, you may remember the story of the midwives that were in place. Whenever the decree of Pharaoh was for all the males that were born of the Hebrew women should be thrown into the river or that they should their lives should be taken. And the Bible speaks of a couple of midwives, one by the name of Shifra, the other one Pua. And the Bible says they spared the male babies during that time frame. And here's what the scripture uh, explicitly says. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them. All right. And so they they were disobedient, if you will, to the civil authorities because God wanted them to spare those Hebrew children. All right. In Daniel, a very, very uh, good one as well. And Daniel, the three Hebrew boys of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they're taken away from their country. They're taken into a Babylonian atmosphere with King Nebuchadnezzar. He had made a, 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 uh, a image of gold. And whenever the music was played, he wanted everyone to bow. That was the command to bow down to this goaded image that uh, was a representation of himself and the gods of their land. And yet whenever the music was played, the Bible tells us in Daniel three that those Hebrew boys did not bow to the golden image. All right. To the command of the power of Nebuchadnezzar that was, I think this is even more so important in Daniel six. We have another example of this. And I think this is maybe even applicable for our times in particular, but in Daniel chapter number six, the Bible speaks that uh, Daniel had become a governor there were a couple other governors with him. There were other people then underneath their, those three rulership. And uh, they didn't really care for Daniel because Daniel had an excellent spirit. That's notable. Daniel had an excellent spirit, and he was now becoming a target of an attack because of his excellent spirit. All right. And so they begin to form this 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 posse, if you will, to try to find some some mode of indiscretion in Daniel's life that they could attack. That sounds like politics and uh, uh, <laughs> sorry. And uh, in the mode of doing so, they could not seem to lay a finger on Daniel and his life. So they were going to use his service and his relationship to God against him. And so they got together with a few people and decided that they would get the king to sign a decree that for 30 days, anybody who petitioned any other God or the God of Israel rather than the king uh, would be thrown into the lion's den. Daniel is aware of this, it would appear in the scripture. And so the Bible says that Daniel would go to his home. He would open his window. This was nothing that he did not normally do. All right. And he prayed three times a day unto his God. And when 
whenever, as he had aforetime done, the scripture says. And as he did this, they overheard him and they took him into uh, incarceration. What I want to point out here concerning Daniel uh, is that what is decreed by the king and those that put this together, him signing his name to it, what is decreed, and I think this is important, was a blatant example of a religious privilege being isolated for an attack. All right? Isolated for an attack. And yet Daniel continues on because it was an isolated attack. All right? And uh, he goes on and he is uh, praying nonetheless, and we understand that the Lord delivered him uh, from the mouths of the lion's den that he was thrown into. For that matter, you can look at Acts chapter number 5 and verse number 29. The Bible states these words. It's just a verse out of a, out of a context of verses. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than Men, again, let's understand before we take this brush from our palette and paint every circumstance in life with it. Uh, whenever he said that, understand what has been taking place. Peter and John have been preaching the name of Jesus. Many signs, miracles, and wonders had taken place. The Bible tells us they were taken and they were imprisoned, and then they were delivered from prison, seemingly almost miraculously delivered from prison. And listen, the angel of the Lord said to them in their deliverance, from prison. Now this is the Lord through an angel speaking directly to them and telling them that they should go and continue preaching in the name, speaking the name. And so they went and they continued. And again, the council gets ear of this. They bring them back in once again. And this is where then Peter and John say and speak, we ought to obey God rather than Man, Now, folks, I think that brings a little clarity to the verse when we see it, what it is couched in between the circumstances that it is couched in between. Uh, this is not somebody that had pizza late at night and said, well, God told me to no longer b b obey the speed limit. And so they get pulled over and say, well, you know, I just felt like God did. Now, come on, let's not get nonsensical here. Uh, let's, 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 I, I'm trying to be careful this morning, but, um, I want to relay this, that it's okay to be frustrated with the way that things are right now. All right? But just because we are frustrated with the things are, and there's more than just the church that's frustrated. Just because we may be frustrated doesn't mean that we just need to start trying to find all little cut pieces of Scripture to try to apply to the moment just because it's going to make us feel better about the frustration we're dealing with. Okay, and so uh, a spirit of love, you, again, you can be disagreeable with a spirit of love. Amen. And so uh, we, we need we need to do that. And so this and, and, and where's the application then for today with what we're talking about? This is important for new believers. Yes, how we respond to the, the, the governing bodies around us are important for new believers that may have been. Uh, people that constantly kicked, if you will, against the pricks of, uh, of governing bodies or officers or people that had uh, authority. And I understand that some of that stems from maybe they had some parents that they really didn't have much respect for because they had some of the same lifestyles that they fell into. I understand that. But the, the whole new creature aspect is that, that we're going to have a respect for all of the dignitaries because no power has been given to them that hasn't been delegated to them by God. 
And we understand, again, they have a choice to use that in this direction or that direction. And there have been people that have literally used the power that's been delegated to them by God inappropriately. All right? I'm not, I'm not saying that is not the case, but we need to be uh, careful and cautious how we react, amen, in these moments and in these times going on though in Romans chapter number 13 not just speaking about the governing bodies and the leadership and this is a good time of year for it we just came out of the month of April but concerning man's doing the laws of God as long as they don't contradict the laws of God uh, we're accountable to obey those laws and so of course where there is something that conflicts we are ultimately uh, accountable to God first and foremost and people can take that and stretch that and read more into it than I'm saying and so on and so forth but nonetheless, that even includes our responsibility of our money. Oh, boy. Right? Our, 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 our legal responsibility of even paying our taxes. Hallelujah. Uh, folks, it, 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 uh, I was a little overwhelmed a few weeks ago. I was involved in a meeting uh, online concerning... Uh, some of the care packages that are out there for small businesses and churches and so on and so forth. And the person that was hosting this had made mention, uh, you know, how to figure up for like a church, your staff, what type of money you could get uh, based upon uh, the, the type of money that is paid and so on and so forth. Uh, but evidently he'd been getting a lot of calls as a result of this. And uh, there was one pastor, not online, but he had dealt with that was having a little bit of problem uh, because what he normally reports to the government is what he doesn't normally get. And if he would be honest with what he normally gets in order to get what he needed in this moment from the care package, then that was going to come to the surface. Now, folks, it, it's good to be Christ-like in every aspect of our life. It, it's good, yes, it's good to be Christ-like in every aspect of our life. And that's even paying Paying our tax. We don't need to be doing cash under the table. Oh, Lord, help. I, no one's really here, but I'm feeling it. Uh, we, we don't need to try to be fine. You know, I just look for the loophole, so to speak. Let's just be honest. Let's, let's just be honest and, and reputable. Amen. As people of the Lord. Uh, what, 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 did, what did the Lord say where they come tempting him? And ask, was asking him about the tribute money that should go unto Caesar. What did he tell them? He said, hand me a coin, right? He said, whose image is upon the coin? They said, Caesar's. He said, render to Caesar that which belongs to Caesar. But he didn't leave it there, did he? Render to God that which belongs to God. Amen. And so diligence as, as a Christian, a child of God, is diligence with our taxes, Right? unto the government body, but let me not stop there. As pastor today is also your tithing and offerings to your assembly where you are being fed by the word of the Lord. Now, I'll probably be blasted by some that don't understand that, and I can take that because misunderstanding genders a lot of things. Uh, but nonetheless, consider also, Peter was approached one time in Scripture, and they come to him, and they basically asked him concerning Jesus' pay and tribute. And they asked him, Peter, does your master pay tribute? You look at it in the scriptures. You can find it in Matthew 17. Peter, does your master pay tribute? And look, this is not Jesus being asked. Peter's being asked. So he had some understanding about the actions even of his leadership. Peter's word was, yes, he does. 
Look at it in the scripture. And Peter went and found Jesus and talked to him about it. And that's when the Lord asked him to go down to the water and he would catch a fish and he would find a coin in the fish's mouth for the tribute that was necessary. That's, uh, that's quite, uh, re- you know, imagine if they asked, does your, does your master pay tribute? Peter's like, I just really don't know if he does, you know, maybe. <laughs> Amen. But he said, yes, yes, he, he, he does. And so if we are resisting governmental authority unfounded, uh, and we are, in essence, resisting the authority that delegated the power to them, and that's God. All right. And so we we need to be we need to be obedient uh, when it is necessary. And think of the Apostle Paul, will you for a moment? The Apostle Paul spent many of his days imprisoned. Mm-hmm. For the sake of the Lord, there are many times the scripture reads to us that he is chained and the history tells us in, in the in the prison. He was chained to a couple of prisoners. But I do not see as I read even the prison epistles or all those things, Paul being belligerent. Un, unkind, rude, crude to any of these folks. As a matter of fact, his history and historians even say many times they had to change out the guards that was attached to Paul with those chains because he was converting them. You can't be mean-spirited and convert at the same time. Amen. Amen. Look what the Scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 13 through 15. It says, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man important phrase here for the Lord's sake whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well for so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. He says, so, so submit yourselves. That word submit is uh, it's a military term, uh, and it could use sometimes in a military fashion. It was the arranging of the army under their commander, that being in rank, uh, marching in succession with one another, being in that fluid motion. He says, you got to submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. We, we need to be cooperative. We need to yield as much as lies within us. Be peaceable if it is not a direct, amen, isolated, might I say, account of trying to uh, coop up something that is commanded by the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go on today. Amen. We'll leave the government officials alone now and we'll go on. Amen. I almost broke a sweat up here during that first part. Hallelujah. But we'll go on concerning uh, the, the leadership, if you will, of the church. We need civic authority, but we also need spiritual authority. Amen. In our lives, in the life of the church. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 and verse number 17 today, obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that miss, must give an account, give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. And so this is uh, speaking of those that watch for your soul, that give account for your soul, praying that they do it with joy and not with grief, because that would be unprofitable to you. I, I want to read this from the Amplified Version as well. We won't have it on your screen, but this is 
the same verse from the Amplified. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, continually recognizing their authority over you, for they are constantly keeping watch over your souls and guarding your spiritual welfare as men who will have to render an account of their trust. Do your part to let them do this with gladness and not with sighing and groaning, for that would not be profitable to you either. All right? And so we have a responsibility, and we'll get into this a little bit more. But as the leadership of a church or the leadership even of a church or religious organization, uh, we are responsible for those that are under our care. Again, there is that, uh, that symbolism of a pastor with a shepherd watching over his flock. Listen, if anything was lost from the flock, you know who was that came really to bear upon and was driven with question? It was the shepherd. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, uh, we read in Scripture uh, that if the shepherd, even if there was a loss, and I think we read of this in Amos, that he would come back with a, if he'd come with a couple, a couple of legs or a piece of an ear, the Scripture says. And what that meant was the shepherd was letting, because uh, although you may be a shepherd of some sheep, you may not own the sheep. All right. There are many people in Scripture that were shepherds over sheep they did not own. All right. And they answered then to the owner concerning if there was a loss. Well, as a pastor, I don't own any of the people in my church. (laughs) That'd be weird. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, God owns us. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and them that dwell therein. But as a shepherd, I am responsible then if there's any loss, then I I need to have something in my hand. If it's a piece of a leg or an ear or something, what does that show? That I did everything I could do, Lord done everything I could do, Lord, for, for the protection, the safety, for keeping them in the fold. So, so here's the pieces that I even got because it was diligent in that matter. And so uh, just as the civic authority is ordained of God, the spiritual authority also is ordained of God. I want to read. I got a group of scripture and I, I, uh, today and uh, several verses, but I think it conveys uh, what we're talking about today concerning spiritual authority. Ezekiel chapter 33, and I'm going to read several verses of scripture. But listen to them and hear them out, if you will. Starting with verse 1. It says, again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Ezekiel. He says, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and saying to them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him for their watchman. All right? If when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet. And warn the people. So they're saying that they take take an individual among the people, make him a watchman. He's going to be set on an elevated place, normally upon the walls of the city, and he's going to have an eye and a vantage point and a view more greater, greater rather than any of the others, because you've set him up to this place. All right. And so if there's a sword coming, if there's more, if there's some type of chaos that is approaching, he can blow the trumpet, and with the blowing of the trumpet, he gives warning to the people. That is what is on the horizon. Verse number four. Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and listen closely, taketh not warning. If the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his head. So that tells me the watchman gives the cry. Here it's coming. There's, 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 there's some uh, horrible things that are coming. You, you, you need to take the warning. If he sounds the trumpet and they just reject the warning, ignore the warning, don't pay attention to the warning, 
and something happens to them, then their blood is upon their own head because the warning was given, but the warning was not received. All right. Now go on. Verse number five. He heard the sound of the trumpet, took not the warning. His blood shall be upon him. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. So good for the one that hears the trumpet and the warning, uh, takes heed to it, whatever he needs to do, amen, against what is coming, amen, and he's safe, he shall deliver his soul. Look at verse 6. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So you see the difference now. If the watchman from his vantage point being set above the people, amen, and that, that happened by, by virtue of his office, amen, he could see if he sees it coming and he doesn't sound any warning and it takes whatever it is that's coming, takes lives and people, that watchman is responsible for the blood of those people because he didn't sound the call. He did not sound the warning. It says in verse 7, So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. In other words, God's saying, you're going to hear, you're going to hear the, 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 the word at my mouth. I'm going to talk to you. Right? And then you need to give warning per what you hear me speak unto you. Amen. And so as, as spiritual leadership in the church, we have that that takes place with pastors and other leadership. As God talks or as God sounds the alarm, sometimes we approach a pulpit and we are, we are giving a call of an alarm. Uh, sometimes it's rebuke. Sometimes uh, it's all correction that comes from the word of God. But there's other times we are like the shepherd and we have the oil that's being put upon wounds, right? Huh? And so just as much, and this is important for today's American church, just as much as we're quick to put salve and oil on lambs, we also need to be protective with voices of warning from the pulpit as well. You do not, listen to me, you do not want a pulpit that only preaches pink elephants and unicorns and rainbows. Because that is superficial. Just constantly be in the diet. You need, because there are things we need to be warned about. There are things that we need to, you know, kind of tighten up the boats on sometimes. We need that voice as well. And know this, that both sides of that is for our good as a lamb. It's for our good as a flock. Amen. Going on, verse number 8. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die, if thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require. Hear it again, watchman, at your hand if you didn't say anything. I'm telling you. Whew. There's an accountability for those that serve under spiritual leadership, but there's an accountability of spiritual leadership as well. Amen. Verse 9, nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but, that, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Why? Because you gave the warning. This is perhaps somewhat expressed concerning uh, spiritual leadership and some of the uh, disregard 
uh, disdain that people can somehow forge in their spirits sometimes for them. We find in Numbers chapter 16 of the story of Korah, Dathan, Abiram. And honestly, until I read this again, really the fourth character, On is in this too. There's another individual. I always just spoke about Korah, Dathan, Abiram, but there's On. Uh, his name is O-N. I don't know if it's pronounced On, but that's how I spell On in the English Bible. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, is in on this as well. And so what happens, these folks have a little bit of disregard uh, for Moses and for Aaron here in the Scripture. They see Moses in Aaron in the rose, Moses being the, the deliverer, if you will, of the people from Egypt, and Aaron being the high priest of the people. And so they have some disregard for them. Uh, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, and these others, and as a matter of fact, they got a posse together. They got 250, and if you note the scripture, there are 250 distinguished people of Israel. The Bible tells us uh, in verse number two that these were men of renown. They were famous. So they got together a group to come against Moses and come against Aaron, and uh, they basically was letting them know, hey, guys, you're not the only holy people around here. You're not the only holy people among us. We are holy also. You can see that in verse number three. And here's where their statements really went incorrect. They basically were posing the question to Moses and Aaron. Why is it that you've set yourself above us? Well, here's the thing. Moses didn't set himself above almost a million people. Aaron didn't set himself above those people as high priests. We read in Exodus 3 that God met Moses on the backside of the desert as he was tending the sheep of his father Jethro. And he beheld a bush that was burning and wasn't being consumed. And his voice was cried out twice, Moses, Moses, from that bush. And he was asked to take the sandals off his feet because he stood on holy ground. And God told Moses, Moses, I hear the cry of my people for deliverance. And he told Moses, I want you to go and be the deliverer for my people. That's a far cry from Moses filling out an application to become the one above everybody. All right? As a matter of fact, Moses is trying to get out of the responsibility. God, I'm slow of tongue, slow of speech. If I go, who, who am I even going to say sent me? He has this long laundry list of everything of why he shouldn't. Right? But God had ordained him for that purpose. And we see the benefit, amen, of the Moses in the life of the children of Israel. And then we read concerning Aaron. He's also put in a place by God as the high priest. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 4, consider this when you think of Aaron. The Bible says, and no man taketh this honor. It's speaking about the honor of the high priesthood. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. And so as they're saying, you've set yourself up over us, that's not the case. God had put them in their positions. God had put them in their place. And so Korah has inspired this revolt, if you will, against Moses and Aaron, amen, because they think they've set themselves up over the people. And notice, Moses Moses is, is upset and because this is Moses' words. And you read this in Numbers. Most upset because he's getting this retaliation against him. And he says, this is what he tells God. He says, God, I've not even taken anything from these people. That's what he says. 
He says, I've not hurt them. You can read that in verse 15. This is Moses talking to God. He says, I'm not taking anything from them. I've not hurt them. Now, I want you to look, please. Before we're too harsh, look what God's thinking and mindset is concerning all this. He's telling Moses, he says, Moses, you and Aaron just separate yourself from the congregation because I'm going to destroy them all in a moment. Look at it. You look at it, verse 21, 22. That was what God told him. So I'm just going to destroy him in a moment. But because of the intercession of Moses, he said, God, we don't want to do that. We just brought him out of Egypt and all this stuff. We don't want to destroy the whole people. Let's not, let's not go and, 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 and be doing those type of things. He says, uh, because of just a few that are stirring this up, don't make everybody responsible. Huh? For the few. And so the intercession of Moses kept everybody from being destroyed in a moment. And the Bible says that they came out on a certain day with their, with their brazen censers and incense in their censers. And Moses said, whenever we all come together, God will show us who is to be the leadership and who it is that he has given the authority, amen, that we need to follow. And Moses made a prayer to God. He said, God, if, if me and Aaron are where we need to be and so on and so forth and you put us in these positions, he said, and these others are not. He said, I'm not asking for just like normal death take place or anything like that, but do something new. And the Bible says that the earth opened up for those of Dathan and Abiram and Korah. The earth opened up and swallowed them, their, their wives and their children, those that, that stayed associated with their tents, amen, were swallowed up with the ground. Now, I'm not saying in this age that necessarily if you speak bad about the man of God or this or that, the earth's going to swallow you up. But I am saying we have good premise here that this is not somebody that's climbed up on a ladder to try to be above and beyond everybody. But there are offices within the church, and it's just the hierarchy of the government of God, even in the scripture. Amen. To set people in place that can see and give warning, see and give guidance, see and give instruction. All right? And here's something interesting. When it was all said and done, Moses told Aaron, he said, you go and get all of those brazen censers. You beat them out in plates and you put those plates over the altar for a memorial. So that what? Every time the priest or anybody else for that matter sees the altars and sees those plates upon them, they remember that's attached to the time. Whenever people begin to revolt against the leadership of God, it would bring remembrance that God has God ordained leadership. All right. Amen. Let's go on. Consider now 1 Samuel chapter number 8. Where are we at on time? Well, let me get through this and then we'll close. All right, I see where we're at. 1 Samuel chapter number 8. Again, there is somewhat of a, a retaliation or a rebellion. It's not even a retaliation. It just comes seemingly from nowhere. But uh, against Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter number 8. Israel is looking at the other nations around them. They have real flesh and blood human kings. And they desire to have a king over them. See, what God had set up at this moment in time was for direction uh, of governing the people through his prophets, which Samuel was functioning in the office of. And that's the way things had been. But now the people, because of other nations around them having human kings, they wanted human kings, and they're desiring of God the same. And so when they do this, they're not satisfied with the ways things are. God told Samuel, he said, Samuel, go on and give them what they want. Allow Israel to have their human king, but tell them what to expect. He says, because if you get a human king, that king is going to tax you. 
going to tax your crops. He's going to take your, 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 your girls and going to make them bakers and confectionaries. And he's going to take your men and put them in armies. And he's going to take a portion of this. So just, I want you to know what you're signing up for. Just let them know. All right. And so sure enough, that happened. And so Israel paid a great price. But here's also what God told unto Samuel in, in verse number eight of Samuel eight. He told him in so many words, he says, Samuel, just listen that that in verse seven, they've not rejected thee, but they have rejected me that they should not reign, that they that I should not reign over them. Let's break it down like this. God was telling Samuel that that. They really rejected me. Because when they rejected you, they rejected me. In other words, to reject God is then thus to reject godly leadership. Let me say it a different way. The way people treat godly leaders may indicate and put into uh, view really their relationship with God. Look at it at verse, look at verse number eight, how he said this. He said, according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them out of Egypt, even until this day, God says, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. He's saying the way that they are treating you really is, is, is a telltale sign of what their relationship with me has been like. Folks, I, I, I would I dare to say that there no, I would not dare to say, but there is truth in that. That 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 people that have problem with leadership and uh, the hierarchy, even in church government, sometimes are having problems with their personal relationship with God. Having problems with their personal relationship with God. Amen. But the fact of the matter is, we want to be we want to be. As much as lieth within us, be peaceable with all men. Those that are in authority and obedience, are they human beings? Absolutely. That was a real man, Moses, that helped deliver. That was a real man, Aaron, that was the high priest. Did they make mistakes? Sure. We look at Moses' life. He, he, he struck the rock twice when he should have spake to it. There are other blemishes, if you will, that you can see in their lives. But that does not... Uh, take away from the fact that the Lord put them in their position and their place for the time, for the purpose of the people. All right? I mean, even Aaron, what do we see? Finally, was it on Mount Hor that he's taken to the top of? Right? He was a part of the whole golden cat, right? Calf scenario. And it wasn't until that moment in time that they strip him of his garments, he dies on top of the mountain. God, God will keep the man in check. It may look like he's not doing it quick enough for us sometimes. But he is. He is. Amen. So that's a little bit of the pastors and leaders. As we grow in God, mature in the fruits of the Spirit and all those other things, please know uh, that that man of God doesn't hold that sword in vain. It is for our good. It's for our benefit. Amen. And they are trying, I hope they're trying, to the best of their ability, following the leadership and the guidance of God to help lead and guide the sheep. Amen. I'm going to close today. I know this may have been a little bit of a heavy lesson here, but if you didn't have your coffee this morning, it was black and strong here today. Amen. Hallelujah. So we're going to pray this morning. We want our hearts to be easily impressed by the Spirit of God. And honestly, amen, we want to be easily impressed by the guidance of those that are in leadership in our lives. 
Amen. Uh, we want to follow them as they follow Christ or imitate them as they imitate the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we come to you today. I'm so thankful today, God, that in the process of my life as being a saint on a pew and even as a young man growing up in church, I'm thankful, Lord, for the godly leaders, the Lord, that you had, Lord, for our family, Lord, to follow. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.